and it was such a big risk and a lot of work as far as um, the remodel goes um, and it was just such a huge task to take on I just thought it was kind of crazy yeah but look you know we were all surprised I think too when it launched how busy it was right off the bat yeah so yeah it was pretty cool Hey Islanders and welcome to episode 123 of the Camino Voice. Today I speak with the Espresso Bar Manager of Camino Commons Marketplace. Please welcome Jen Sloan. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson and you're listening to the Camino Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, Subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Ellen's, and welcome to another episode of the Commando Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. And Happy New Year. Uh, this is going to be the first episode of 2022. And uh, I'm excited to get back into this. Um, you know, it's something I, I really enjoy doing, uh, and I have missed doing this. So, hey, guys, hope you guys are happy New Yearing. Um, and, uh, I know for me, I'm doing a lot of goal setting right now and planning out of 2022. Um, so I actually, <clears throat> I'm hoping to maybe do an episode, uh, and I haven't figured out who with yet, but doing an episode with somebody to kind of go over goal setting and planning and stuff for this next year. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so I'll probably be releasing that one pretty soon as well, but that is not this episode. Uh, this episode, uh, we are actually interviewing Jen Sloan, so our very own Jen Sloan. And um, at this point, most of you have heard or, or know that she is actually uh, is moving on after almost 10 years here at the Marketplace. Um, so we are super sad to see her go. Uh, we wish her the very best moving forward. Um, she seems like she's got a great opportunity coming up here. So, um, you know, we, we're really happy for her. Of course, that means that we don't get to keep her here. And, um, you know, it, it's part of owning a business and uh, seeing people move on. But in all of that, <clears throat> I wanted to have her on the podcast before she left. So um, she agreed to it. We did this. Um, so you actually get to learn about more about the marketplace than even I got to, like, from more than my perspective, because she's actually been here longer than I have, which is a weird thought. Um, so anyways, super excited for you guys to hear about this, kind of hear about what the marketplace used to be like, uh, compared to what it is now and, uh, kind of her story of how she got into espresso and everything like that. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jen Sloan. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice. Today I'm here with the Camino Commons Marketplace Espresso Bar Manager. Welcome to the podcast, Jen Sloan. Thank you. Yeah. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Jen. Um, okay. Um, I grew up, well, I didn't grow up. I was born in Connecticut, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, and I have one sister and, uh, we moved here though, when I was about four and a half to like the Everett Snohomish area. Um, my grandparents had moved here, um, a cup about a year before I was born, I believe. Uh, my grandpa was a pilot for Pan Am. Okay. So, um, he fell in love with the Northwest and moved out here. And then, um, my mom found out that she was, uh, going to have, you know, me. And then she was upset that her parents moved and kind of <laughs> left her back there. Um, 
you know, cause she wanted her mom's help and all that, you know? So we followed a couple years later, okay. um, when I was about four. So nice. we moved out, settled there. My grandparents were in the, like Burlington and they've lived there until they passed away. So, okay. um, long time, but then we, I grew up in like the Snohomish and South Everett area. Okay. Nice. So where did you uh, go to school then? Um, Snohomish high school. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. How did you like growing up in that area? Um, I liked it. Um, I, I liked, we, I wasn't down in the Valley of Snohomish. I was kind of more in like the South Everett Mill Creek area. Okay. So, but I had friends in Snohomish. One of my good friends growing up, um, lived on a dairy farm, a pretty big okay. one. So, um, I got a little bit of both kind of like the city kind of, of the Everett side, and then also got to run around on the farms down there and, um, kind of experience the country mm-hmm. side a little bit. So it was good. I had a good childhood and, um, you know, laid lot, rode lots of bikes and did all that kind of stuff. So that nice. was, it was a good place. Yeah. Did you prefer the countryside or the city side more? Um, I think when I was younger, probably the countryside, just cause we could run around and get dirty <clears throat> and, um, that was a lot of fun. But as I got older, um, and got my driver's license and, you know, discovered, boys at other schools in the city, <laughs> you know, I, it was quick to, I pretty much left the country behind. So <laughs> yeah, the important things in life. Yes. Nice. So, um, so you, uh, when you were going to high school and stuff, were you working throughout high school? Um, I started, um, when like just right before I got my license, my parents said I needed to get a job if I wanted a license <laughs> because, um, I needed to pay for my, um, car insurance. That mm-hmm. was the stipulation. So my first job was at TCBY in, oh, really? in Linwood. Um, my dad drove me there cause I didn't have my license quite yet. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of, that was pretty short lived. And then I worked in bagged groceries at Safeway, um, for a while. And then right after that, uh, I believe I got into my first espresso stand coffee job when I was 17. Okay. So that's kind of where it all started for me. <laughs> nice. So yeah. where was, where was the coffee stand you were at then? Um, well, I got the job right after I graduated. Um, it was on Mukilteo Speedway. Okay. Called Mocha Tio okay. Cafe. <laughs> um, and I worked there for about three years. And then uh, just, uh, yeah, from there, bounced around to other places. Okay. It's kind of a long history of working at espresso stands and all that kind of stuff. So, okay. Yeah. Were you doing uh, espresso bar management or did you, you know, supervisor or whatever at like, Mocatillo's or at other ones? Yeah, it wasn't at Mocatillo, but it was shortly after that, like within, um, after I left there, I did like a brief stint at like, uh, I don't know, Washington Mutual Bank, okay. uh, at the call center, oh, yeah? which was, uh, the worst job I've ever had. <laughs> it was really scary. I was like, you know, 20 years old, I think. And, um, people get really angry when they call this call center a lot, you know? Um, <laughs> so I was, it was pretty intimidating. Um, I wasn't very good at the job at all, um, so I didn't stay long at all. Um, yeah. But then right after that, I worked at um, actually. Uh, I know everybody's familiar with like the AMPM groceries or gas stations mm-hmm. um, down there in um, Monroe on Highway Two, um, right before the fairgrounds. There's like that AMPM there on the left, but okay. um, AMPM at that time, I guess that would have been in like the early 2000s. They wanted to do like an experimental drive through espresso okay. stand situation, but like uh, run by BP. Okay. Um, and so I don't, I think they might've had just like two locations. I think maybe one was in Redmond and one was in 
um, Monroe, but I was part of kind of helping them do that. And it was actually like good coffee. It wasn't like the same coffee that they used in the gas stations. Yeah. Not that that's not good coffee. It isn't good <laughs> coffee. But um, anyways, they uh, I worked there and managed that place for about three years. Wow. Um, there actually was a manager that hired me there. It was pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she left, um, I uh, they made me jump through quite a few hoops to become like manager. I had to do a lot of uh, extra training through the BP Corporation. I, okay. Yeah, I guess. Um, were but, things that was it like management training? Like yeah. How to manage a team. And yeah, like that? I, it was. It was weird. They were. They basically said that they didn't have a manager before. They had never done that, which is silly because they hired a manager had hired me. But okay. I don't think they wanted to like. I think they were kind of just like, meh. They didn't really care about it. And then they when they, uh, I was like, well, I need to get paid the same as the the manager that just left here. Then they made me do all these extra courses and training, like down in Federal Way, to yeah. do all this extra stuff. But um, I I just went through all the hoops and then I managed that place for several years. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. And did that, I, I don't see many of those around. Did that project kind of die? It or? did. Okay. Yeah. Actually, um, it pretty much died out. They decided to do, the company did one of those like major like remodels of the store. So the gas pumps were shut down for a long time because they did got all new pumps. And got during it. that time we lost a lot of business because they shut the actual uh, drive through down for, for months. Yep. And at that point when we went to reopen, it just wasn't the same. So, yeah. um, yeah, so yeah. it didn't really work out, but I met some customers down there and also worked with some girls and, uh, there's two sisters that came through every day and they started a, a wanted to start an espresso stand on, in Muckleteo mm-hmm. on the speedway. So I found myself back out on Muckleteo speedway, helping them, um, actually open up their business. Okay. Um, and then also, uh, two sisters that I worked with also did the same thing. Okay. Um, a couple years later in the same drive through location that the two original sisters, because it didn't work out for them, but okay. it's kind of a long thing, but wow. I've just kind of, uh, helped some people when I was younger just because they didn't know anything about the what it entailed and even where to start or how to make drinks or um, anything like that. So they just called me in and I helped them get things going. But yeah, yeah. But I didn't actually work there. Okay. I, I just was kind of helping them with like, uh, you know, what products to get and how to order and you know, just all the little details that they had no idea what to do. So yeah, just gave them my expertise and then left. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Nice. So what did they, um, you, they didn't end up working out, but like what were kind of the things that you like for them to look out for and work through and getting started? Um, well, one of the, the first pair that bought the place, um, that I helped, they, um, had no experience in the business at all. Um, and they were really young too. And I think what they were doing is they were doing, um, like half price coffee and even free coffee for a lot of the local people. It was in an industrial area. So a lot of guys that would come in and gals too, um, they would really heavily discount them, but they made friends with them and then they felt bad like, uh, adjusting the prices. And yeah. so as time went on, they were not charging anymore. Like they didn't set a deadline of like, you know, we're going to do this for the first 30 days as a welcoming, yeah. you know, type thing. And then at this point, okay, now we're really in business and we got to like change the prices. And they just kind of, 
um, it was almost more like a fun thing, I think, yeah. for them. It wasn't really, they didn't weren't taking it serious enough. Mm-hmm. And the person that had backed them uh, financially, I think, put an end to it because, you know, they were like, well, you're not really. It's if you can't, you know, tell the people if if the people really cared about you and wanted to support you, they would pay the full price, you yeah. know. But I think that just kind of failed that way. Yeah, that they never really rolled it out properly after that initial opening. So. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get in contact with the other sisters then when they came in and, and took over? Yeah, so weirdly, when the f- first two sisters, uh, when it didn't make it for them and the business went up for sale. Um, I hadn't talked to the sisters that I worked with in mm-hmm. Monroe for a while, and then they gave me a call, and they said, hey, our grandparents just uh, gave us a loan to buy this espresso stand in Muckleteo, <laughs> and it ended up being the exact same one that I was already helped the original people with. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know. I, they didn't have it for very long either, but they did have more experience than the first owners because mm-hmm. they had worked with me down in Monroe for some time. So okay. um, I didn't have as much involvement in the second time around, but okay, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I don't know if that's really something to brag about because neither of them really <laughs> made it anywhere, but at least I, uh, you know, it was fun to, to help and lend, you know, my knowledge to yeah. other people. So. Well, and every time you go through that process of kind of really thinking through like, okay, what's this going to look like? Um, <clears throat> you get better at that process. Cause then when you're explaining the second time around, you're like, Oh, I said this last time, but I think I should have said this or, yeah. you know, kind Definitely. of refine your way that mm-hmm. you, you work through that stuff. Very cool. So then after you left there and you, you stepped in and helped a little bit here and there, but what were you kind of doing after that then? Um, mostly just working, um, in other like stands and other locations, um, just randomly around Snohomish and Everett. Um, I just really liked doing that, um, yeah. and you know, tips were good, and it was something. I was young, and uh, I always had good schedules. You know, I could get off at, you know, go in at four a.m. and get off at noon, and then have the rest of the day with my friends to go run around. So um, it worked well for me in my early, you know, late teens, early twenties. Um, I, I guess my, I briefly considered opening my own place mm-hmm. um, when I was really young, but <clears throat> I is a combination of being scared to do it because there was so many everywhere. It was really, um, and location was so important. And at the time there wasn't really any place that was sell like uh, established business that were selling. That was something that I could afford as a 20 year old, you know, I didn't have any, you know, finances saved up or anything. So, um, it was more about me trying to find a place, a new location. And I was struggling, Um, I even came all the way out here on Camino Island. This was way before I even moved out here. I had never even heard of it, but I just went on a drive with my mom. And uh, I actually went down to the, uh, your, your family owned it at the time. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, This had to have been in like the, like early 2000s or something. Okay. Yeah. The Elger Bay drive-thru. Yeah. I, I made it that far down on the (laughs) island before my mom and I were like, this is because we're from Everett. And I was yep. like, this is this is too far. <laughs> um, so, but I did go through the drive-thru and I was asking the gal questions about, is it busy down here? And just kind of trying to feel out the situation and see if yep. there was any other locations around the area. And then we just left the island. I don't think I came back here for like 10 years. So. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, I just kind of, I, you know, went through, uh, you know, getting information on getting a business license, but I just was really overwhelmed and just young and I just kind of gave up and I, I partly scared too. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. there's an espresso stand on every corner and, <laughs> and I don't want to fail. So I just, 
just kept working instead. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something, um, <clears throat> one of the, like looking around, I, I feel like uh, there was definitely a time where I was kind of looking at different business models and different businesses like to start. And, um, you know, I think it's, it w- what was very intimidating about like starting a business was when you look around the internet because you have access to everything. Um, you can look up like, you know, business that does X and you'll find, you know, just hundreds of them that do them. And you'll look and you'll see through all these ones that have failed things, ones that you're like, oh, they're doing a good job with it. Like, I don't know what I would improve on that. And so I shouldn't enter that market. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's also a lot of people that end up still making it and doing something with it out even through that. And despite all of that, um, to me, one that stands out is uh, Brew 352. Is that what it's called? 532? 532, there we go. It's yeah, the, It's the that highway. highway, that makes yeah. more sense. <laughs> um, but that one had a rough start. It was uh, the other, it was renamed and, and uh, sold, but um, when the new owner came in and took it over, uh, you know, there's a lot of coffee stands just in that line of mm-hmm. things that you can do. And mm-hmm. so, like, that as a business perspective, from a business perspective would be very intimidating totally. for me to like to take over that yeah. and be like, well, there's already locals, which is kind of the juggernaut of that. Right. And you've got shipwreck and you've got all these other coffee mm-hmm. stands. And yet they were like, they made it. And like getting into the stand is kind of like, if you don't know what you're doing, you're like, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. Um, but they've been doing well and they've been making it work. And um, I've noticed. Yeah. I just think that's really cool that, like, despite kind of all the things stacked against them, they were like, no, we're still going to make a go at this. They had the courage to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, In hindsight, I mean, I I wish I would have given it more of a go. mm -hmm. But I think just with my age and um, and then all I could think of was like, well, what if it doesn't work out? How am I going to pay back like this business loan? Because I don't have really any kind of anything to fall back on you know so i was just it was just overwhelming so oh yeah i just kept i just gave it up (laughs) yeah very cool so um you were kind of bouncing around to a bunch of different uh espresso stands and stuff then Mm -hmm. what uh how did you first i guess first of all like when did you kind of end up like coming back to kameno after 10 years what kind of drew you back there yeah so um, actually like the market crashing <laughs> and like, <laughs> um, I had, uh, I, uh, um, was married at the time and I owned our first house. We owned our first home in Marysville Okay. and, um, we, uh, at the time I was working, his family had a aerospace machine shop, um, in Arlington and I had, uh, they had convinced me to come move from, I was working at Starbucks, uh, for about just in like nine months. And then they convinced me to come work for them. So I worked for them for about six years and I had a house in Marysville. And then, um, we did one of those like, uh, adjustable rate mortgages. Okay. Um, it was like a 80, 20, they were calling them. Um, we were young again and they, yeah. we were freaked out. They freaked us out that we were never going to be able to afford a house because the prices were going up and we need to get it now. So, um, we bought a house and then we mm. weren't able to refinance and get that fixed interest rate because, um, the houses, uh, the the prices crashed and so we owed way more than what our house was worth and so we had to short sale the house and we needed to find somewhere to live quick and um at the time we had uh three pit bulls and a cat (laughs) so trying to find even a rental with one pit bull if anybody owns pit bulls i think maybe it might be a little easier now but um you know back in like uh i guess it'd be like 2010 
um, it was really difficult to find some place that would allow like an aggressive breed dog as they're considered. And so since we had three, we were like, there's no way. So um, we lucked out and we found a rental here on the island on like five acres. And um, someone let us uh, go there and we just snatched it up. Um, not really having been to Camino, um, at all. Uh, and, but we just needed someplace quick. So we were, we lucked out. It was, uh, up over near sunset. Okay. Um, in West Camino. Yep. So we lived there for a few years in that rental and I continued to work at that machine shop. So that's how I kind of made it out here. Okay. Yeah. It was just a fluke and in desperation (laughs) basically, but it was the best move like that I, you know, could have made. Um, I've always felt like I didn't want to live in Washington growing up anymore. I hate, I, I really don't like the rain and the clouds and, the, and, and I've always, when I was younger, I just can't wait to get out or, or at least go to Eastern Washington where it's <laughs> sunnier. But then something about moving to Camino really, um, changed things for me. Totally. I really like it here. And I, I think the, that being in that, is it like the rain shadow the or banana belt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I noticed it so much just commuting from here to Arlington. Yeah. Um, it would be rainy and crummy out all day there. And yeah. then when I'd come home after work, it, you would see this little like sun pocket, yeah. like up ahead, you know, when you're going through Stanwood, Stanwood t- towards Camino and yeah. it just makes you feel good. And yeah. So yeah, I just, fell in love with it, I guess. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it, it's definitely, especially if you go north or uh, uh, east at all, because um, my wife grew up in Cedar Woolley. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, as you go up that way, like, it, like, per however much you drive up, it starts going up by, like, annual rainfall by, like, the inches. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it really makes Camino stand out when totally. you're, everywhere else is raining and like you have a little pocket of like, and at it's least it's so rain. beautiful here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we learned how to crab and, um, yeah, I just liked going down to the, the water and so. Yeah. Nice. It saved me. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. From making a mistake and moving somewhere else. Yep. Um, very cool. So, um, now I, I don't know how many, I think maybe most people that listen to this would know but like um you've actually worked here longer than i've been here because i was you know i was off at college and and doing stuff so um how did you end up getting started here um so like i said i was working at the machine shop in arlington and uh i was on the way to work one day and there was an accident down on the bridge uh getting off the island and so um people that live here know when there's an accident down there it backs up all the way up the hill Um, and so I was at a stop, um, like, you know, coming down the hill, um, and someone behind me in a, I just had like a small little car and someone behind me in a big truck wasn't paying attention to that. Everybody was stopped and, and he like just full speed ran into the back of me, um, which I kind of saw it coming. So I left some distance between myself and the car in front of me. Thank goodness. But, um, it kind of shot me across, uh, to the left over like oncoming traffic. Um, thankfully there was no traffic coming up the hill at the time because of the accident down below. So it was like clear. Um, but it shot me across, um, over to the other ditch on the other side and it actually flipped his truck and he landed in the ditch on the other side because he hit me so hard. Um, it was really scary. Um, but, uh, 
I was okay and I got out of my car and uh, the first car that they let through uh, heading onto the island um, after the accident down below was uh, your old accountant here. Um, Karen. Yeah. And so Karen pulled over cause she saw me standing outside and she was so sweet. And, sh- uh, she let me, uh, get sit inside her car and she ch- talked with me and I called my uh, then husband, uh, he left work to come, to come get me, but it, she was really sweet and sat with me and kept me calm. And, um, she talked to me about working here and how she liked working here and she had a daughter and, um, so when my uh, husband at the time uh, got to me, she said, okay, well, I'm going to take off and head to work. So um, a couple weeks later, I, I wanted to thank her. And so I got her a plant for her desk and I stopped in uh, next door to the roasting building and yeah. asked uh, if she was there. And I don't think she was here at the time, but I left the plant and I um, kind of told why I was leaving it. And um, everybody was really nice, you know, and, and to me at the office. And when I left there... Um, I thought, you know, gosh, I could, I could work there someday. I was kind of like, I bet I could get a job there, you know, <laughs> with all my coffee experience. I was like, I think they'd hire me, but I was still working at the other place at the time. So, um, eventually, um, I made them, I left there and mm-hmm. I kind of gave myself some time to think about what I wanted to do next. And, um, it wasn't, I wasn't happy doing that, yeah. uh, in the shipping and receiving. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it was, it was like, it was just difficult. There was no like real people interaction. And, um, so I, uh, my husband then said, well, you know, we can, we can afford for you to do something that you love to do. So why don't if you, if you, if you want to go back into coffee, um, why don't you just go ahead and do that? That's okay. You know, so that was really cool. And so I brought my resume down here and, mm-hmm. uh, gave it to, I think Christy and yeah. your dad in the office. And then, um, got a call pretty quickly after because they were talking, they were starting to open the marketplace. Yeah. Um, cause they had bought it cause it was empty yep. for a while. Yeah, been sitting there. yeah. And they needed someone to run the espresso bar that they were putting in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I got hired and Christy was my manager and I remember coming in here and I met, uh, your dad officially and he was unwrapping metal chairs that we have on our pack, back patio. He was taking the, like the brown paper off the uh-huh. legs and, uh, yeah. So, and he, they, he, he made a joke about, you know, that they pay him the big bucks, you know, to do that. So I don't know, good energy from everybody here and yeah, that's where yeah. it all started. Very cool. <laughs> did uh, when you dropped off your resume and stuff, was Karen there that time? Did you get to see her? I don't. Again? I don't remember. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I don't remember when I actually talked to her again after that yeah. day. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. I just think from the beginning, even just from meeting Karen and then meeting everybody in the <laughs> office who was so warm, mm-hmm. and it just felt. Um, like a good place to be, especially from coming somewhere where I wasn't very happy working. So yeah. it was, it felt like the right place. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. So then when you got hired on though, what was kind of like, they didn't, I mean, I guess there had been some espresso stands and there was a little like, you know, we had, we used to have that like little mini espresso bar in the mm-hmm. roasting room. I've heard about that. Um, but there wasn't, there was just an espresso machine. And I don't know how correctly everything was being made back then. It was kind of just like, Oh, we're going to do this now. I think Dan was kind of the, the maybe the most skilled. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, 
I just kind of took over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, they, uh, we just hired a couple gals, uh, and, uh, I just trained them as I don't think they had ex- espresso experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I don't think really uh, your mom had me was worked some days actually. Um, okay. Uh, she was on the schedule in espresso for really? some time. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think she, she didn't like it very much. It's, it, it stressed her out. Um, so as you can imagine, she, she, I think she hated it, but, um, but yeah, she definitely was one of the baristas on the schedule. That's great. So yeah. I actually don't think I knew that she made espresso drinks. Yeah. I knew she had, you know, she she really, as soon as we, the busier we got, the more she was like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) no. (laughs) Oh, that's great. So what was it like in the beginning? Because, like, we didn't have the bakery and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It was the espresso bar. Uh, There was a lot more um, retail area. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, Del Fox, did they open with us in the I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. So what Um, was it like back then? Yeah, really quiet for the most part. Um, There would be – I actually – I floated a lot between the gift shop Mm. and the espresso bar, mainly Mm. because – we could go easily an hour without serving a drink to somebody. Um, it was so, I mean, so quiet, maybe yeah. like 20 customers a day or something. It was just super quiet at the beginning. So I learned a lot of the retail and the gift wrapping and, and the coffee, like beans and all of that side of things. Mm-hmm. And um, which was cool because I had been in coffee like pretty much my whole life up to that point, but I didn't know much about coffee itself. I just know how to make drinks and serve customers. So yeah. um, that was kind of cool to learn that and be able to share that with customers as well. But um, yeah, it was definitely quieter back then. Um, and uh, yeah, we just, I think the gift shop was where we where the most business was for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we would entice people, you know, as we still do with the Jeff Buck yep. uh, coupons on the two pound bags of coffee. So that would entice people to come down and see me. And then we'd try <laughs> to, you know, just build relationships with them and get them to keep coming back. So, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah and especially because we have, um, you know, there are coffee, like we talked about before, there's coffee stands. So convenience wise, a lot of people there, right. you know, are going to stop at the coffee stands and stuff. Yeah. And go through the drive throughs yeah. So, but yeah, over time, um, I think it just got busier. I mean, obviously, the main factor was the bakery getting yeah. put in, which really boosted everything up. Mm. So Yeah. So And you got to be part of that, too, when that was mm-hmm. all being thought through and, and all yes. of that stuff. How was that? Um, so I, I, I kind of like to tell this story because it just shows how little I know um, in the business world, especially compared to uh, your dad, Jeff. Um, <laughs> but uh, he actually... As uh, he's talked on here before, uh, his dream about opening up a bakery on Camino. Mm-hmm. And um, I first learned about that when he asked Christy and I to come to a meeting in his office. He wanted to talk with us about, uh, it was when he had just made his decision with, uh, you know, to open up the bakery with Pierre. And yeah. um, so he sat us down and he, he told us about it. And um Christy and I both left the meeting and we walked, we were walking, you know, his office was above Brooklyn Road. So we were walking through that yep. alley there and we both looked at each other. I was like, oh man, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I, we're like, oh, he's nuts, you know? <laughs> um, and we're just like, oh, this is okay. I guess he's, we'll just support it. But we, we were, I, I was just like, there's no way, you know, <laughs> that it's going to work out here just because we'd seen how s- slow it could be. Yeah. And it was such a big risk and 
a lot of work as far as um, the remodel mm. goes. Yeah. Um, and it was just such a huge task to take on. I just thought it was kind of crazy. Yeah. But look, you know, we were all surprised, I think, too, at, when it launched, how busy it was right off the bat. Yeah. So... Yeah, it yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. No, I know. Foot in, foot in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, there have been some of those ideas as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he talks about some of those as well on some of those podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> like his the crab, crab legs. legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, very cool. So then, um, as that started going and everything, and, and things kept kind of growing from there, how have you kind of seen... I mean, there's obviously been changes in how busy it is, but, like, how have you seen changes elsewhere within the marketplace and things like that? Um, well, I would, like, I for sure, the biggest thing that stands out for me is how many people use that as their meeting place and gathering and and hanging out with friends um, of all ages, young people and, and senior citizens. And mm-hmm. um, so it's definitely gone from just like a run in and grab my coffee beans and get out, or I need to get a quick gift for somebody yeah. to like, this is where we're going to meet and we're going to hang out and we're going to visit. Um, I think that's the biggest change is just completely transformed, like what the place is to the community. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it, it's so neat seeing all the different customers and stuff. And um, it's it's sad because there's a lot of, um, you know, we have a lot of customers that have been coming to the store since it was, you know, really quiet and not mm-hmm. many people. Yeah. And a lot so, of them have, you know, passed on. And yeah. And now we kind of, we're in like the second or third wave now of, of customers. Yeah. We've lost some some customers that we've known for a long time. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough, but yeah. thankful that, you know, we... I uh, got to share with them and, mm-hmm. and get to know them. That was, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So very cool. Um, so um, we'll definitely get back to the marketplace and things like that. But one of the things um, when I, I came on and um, I came on as like a just working some side projects for my dad when I started here and <clears throat> um, slowly that evolved into taking over management of the marketplace. Um, but one of the things uh that we connected on early on was uh, our love of gummy candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I was curious, where did that kind of start for you? And um, what what are some of your favorite gummy candies? Um, I mean, I love, I absolutely love gummy candy. It's probably my favorite, but I just, in general, like I'm not a big like chocolate person. And I feel like that's your options is like some kind of like gummy candy, fruity candy or chocolate candy. Um, and so if I'm like at a a store and I'm not, I'm going to go for like a bag of gummy worms over like a Snickers bar all the time, anytime. So, um, I think like Um, I used to, I mean, I I guess I love Starburst a lot Mm -hmm. and things like that, but, um, I don't know what it is about gummy (laughs) candy. I, I love, uh, I can't remember the brand, the Albany's or something. I get them at TJ Maxx and it comes in like a big giant Ziploc bag and I'll just sit there and eat like way too many and then worry (laughs) about like if that's okay or not to eat that many. (laughs) But, um, that's my favorite. Those are my favorite ones that I've had so far because there's so many flavors and they're really good and they taste kind of more natural. I think they are not maybe more, maybe they're natural. Well, they're also like they're cause I remember, so my, uh, I've gotten, I get picky with gummies now, but uh, like uh, with gummies, like I used to just get kind of whatever gummies and stuff. And I learned pretty early on, like I'm not a huge fan of like hair broke 
uh, gummy bears. Yeah. I like the hard, like, I like softer. Yeah. They do um, hurt your jaw because, like, if I eat gummy, like, gummy bears, like, I'm not good. If there's a big bag, I can't, it's hard for me to stop eating them. Mm-hmm. So I do notice that my jaw will get sore <laughs> if it's, like, a tougher gummy. Yeah. Well, then the other thing is, like, if you just get, like, some of the other generic gummy bears, like, you eat one gummy bear and you're like, oh, that tastes like a gummy bear. And then you eat the next one and you're like, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. But, like, with Albany's, like, every single gummy bear you eat. Distinct. You're like, yeah, you're like, oh, this is definitely pineapple or this yeah. is definitely apple or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but, they yeah. Should, they should send us some free gummy bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But then uh, have you guys... You also have done a lot of traveling and stuff like that, like, um, Mm -hmm. to different countries and stuff. When you're there, do you make a point to try and check out other gummy candies? No, and I never thought about that. But now that you said (laughs) that, I don't know why I haven't. I should start this now. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I've been missing out. I actually listened to this podcast. um, I'm on this Facebook group called, uh, I think it's called Her Adventures now. They just changed the name. It was Girls Who Travel. But um, it's such a great... uh, Facebook group, uh, and it's really empowering to women. And they have a, um, a side, a side group, uh, like a little, I don't know what it's called subgroup that, uh, is about food. And, um, they also now started a podcast and they do a segment on it about snacks from different countries. Okay. And I, I feel like why I've missed out on so many opportunities to try snacks. I don't know. I like food so much. I don't know why (laughs) I, missed that but i'll have to start yeah but i definitely i should start gummies specifically yeah well there is um but i'm kind of scared because you know there's going to be some weird ones there's yeah. going to be like oh, for sure. like shrimp <laughs> shrimp gummies or something oh. <laughs> um there uh yeah i was part of a snack box for a while that would every month sends you different snacks from around the world yeah i think i've heard of that um so i did that for a while um but then if you go to like uh, like H Mart or some of the like Asian yes, grocery stores, I have in there, gone. they've got yeah. great gummies selection because they're like they they do have some really weird yeah. kind of exotic flavors. Um, but uh, I feel like I always when I I go to you know even like Central America stuff like that like I'm always checking out like what kind of candies you guys have yeah. here and what what things do you have. So, um, but the other kind of hidden spot that if you do a lot of road trips or things like that, gas stations. I, every gas station we get gas at, I go in and just check out their candy because almost every time you're looking through their candy section, you're like, yep, that's just normal stuff. And then you'll look down and there'll be some random thing that the person was like, well, let's see if these go. Yeah. And so I always pick up any weird candy gummy thing yeah. that I see. And I've gotten some really gross ones that I take one bite. I'm like, nope, I tried it. It's yeah. garbage. I don't yeah. need it. Um, but those are always fun places to, to stop by too. I just, um, I went to Hawaii a couple of weeks ago and, um, at the Airbnb, they left, um, these gummies, uh, which was perfect, um, <laughs> on the table and they were individually wrapped, but they were pineapples and they were oh, shaped like pineapples. Yes. And I looked on Amazon and I found them on there. So I'm going to get some, but they were so good. I, I had to like, I think they left me like five of them only. And yep. I, eight like three right off the bat and then I was like oh my gosh like once they're gone they're gone I don't know where these came from and so it was really hard to ration out I think they lasted like a day and a half for me because (laughs) but yeah I definitely would like to eat those again they were super good yeah I think those came in one of the snack boxes one time oh yeah because it was a Hawaiian one and yeah and um yeah they're like individual like and they're like kind of shiny yes and they had like a green the green little leaf top yeah and the texture of them was just like I was like like, it's perfect it was a good texture it was kind of bouncy yep yeah 
Yeah, those are great. I'll have to try and find those too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, those. And then the other one that I really enjoy the texture of, uh, they have them at a lot of the, like the candy shops that you go into, is if you ever see 3D gummies, a lot of times they'll have like, there's like Mario ones that they do. Where they'll do different Oh my gosh, shapes. I've never heard of a 3D gummy. Um, but they're like, you know, like the Mario ones, like literally like you'll get a Yoshi and it's like a full gummy, but it's Yoshi. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're smallish, but the texture that they have is always like, I oh, I like, see. Like 3D, like it's got a back. Like most like gummy bears are just like flat on the back. Yeah. 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 So they were, um, if you ever find those, those are also really cool. good texture-wise and stuff. So. Nice. Um, very cool. So. Um, I feel like we're weird now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay. They're like, okay. Well, we can't yeah. relate, but. <laughs> this is not coffee. <laughs> um, all right. Well. Um, another big reason, um, uh, we wanted to get you on the podcast, um, is we have sad news as well. Um, I know, <laughs> um, but, uh, and you've been, you've been with, I mean, you've been here since the start of the marketplace, but that's been almost 10 years now that you've mm-hmm. been here at the company. A couple months shy. Um, and like, first of all, I just gotta say that, like, it has been so great, like having you here because mm-hmm. you've just taken care of the espresso bar and I don't like even upon buying the company and everything, we haven't had to like worry about the espresso bar cause it's just taken care of. Mm. And, um, as well as many other things as well, but, um, you actually are moving on soon. Um, yeah. so, um, what does it, your future kind of look like from here? Oh gosh. It's kind of scary because this is all I've done. Obviously I'm, I just turned 40 last month, so it's a long time. It's over 20 years of kind wow. of basically doing the same type of work. And it, obviously I'm really comfortable in it and mm-hmm. it makes me happy. Um, so, but I just feel like, um, just other changes in my life as well. Um, it's and and, and turning 40 yeah. and, um, yeah, I just feel like it's time for me to learn some other things and try some other, uh, I don't know, some other things in life. And, um, so as far as the future, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be working at a credit union, which is completely different than what I've been doing with the exception of that Washington mutual call center job. That was the worst job (laughs) of my life. So weirdly I'm going into like, banking again but um I I think it'll be different it's in person it's not going to be people calling me (laughs) angry about their overdrawn bank accounts and blaming me for it um (laughs) so I uh but I think uh it is a small company um the people that I talked with there um it's they're really it seems like they're really happy to work there and I think that if I'm gonna move from one kind of smaller close-knit uh, group, I yeah. would like to at least try to m- mimic that in my new job just so it's an easier transition. Yeah. I wouldn't be interested in working for like a big corporation or a big bank if I was, you know, to stick in that field because, um, I don't want to be just like another number, yeah. you know, somewhere. So, um, I guess I'm looking for just new opportunities to grow and learn, um, new jobs. And within that, field, there's a lot of, uh, different opportunities within that company of Mm -hmm. different jobs to do. And they seem really open to teaching, um, people. And, um, if you don't want to do that, then, then that's fine, but you can stay doing what you want to do, which I thought was kind of nice. Um, 
so yeah, yeah. They, they just uh, want it, want you to succeed and try new things. And I'm hoping that I find something within that company that uh, perks my interest and I can bring the same passion t- to that I have with doing what I've been doing for the last 20 something years Yeah, and hopefully build some relationships with uh, local people up there. I actually live in Bellingham. Um, now I, I bought my first condo, um, uh, just on my own uh, about three and a half years ago, and I've been commuting down here. So um, uh, Camino was has been my community, but I do technically live in Bellingham now, yeah. and I'm really happy up there. Yeah. So also the opportunity <clears throat> to work um, for a small company that is also really community-centered yeah. um, and does a lot of work in the community and volunteering and um, just to get... I guess it's just time for me to fully move my whole self up to to Bellingham and just kind of start anew in my new decade of life. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's it's like you've had a very long tailed exit to the, like to move. You're like, I'll move to Bellingham, but I'm staying on command. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been a really long tail of that. It (laughs) basically has been. I wasn't ready to fully leave here. I mean, I have a lot of like friends and relationships and also I just love Camino. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Don't make me cry. <laughs> I, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's that's really cool. I think it's an, an excellent opportunity. And I do think um, there's a lot of crossover in like any sort of customer service. Because yeah. at least when, especially starting where you're starting, like there's, it's a lot of, it's customer service. So mm-hmm. it's that same thing. Um, and <laughs> I'll say if I had to work in a call center, like I already when my phone rings, I'm like, oh, I've got to answer that, don't I? Yeah. But, like, if I worked in a call center, I don't think I'd ever pick up a phone again after that. It's It was awful. It was scary. I had people yelling at me, and I was just, like, a young girl, and it was just really intimidating. Plus, they wanted you to get, like, your phone calls had to be within, like, two minutes. Yeah. So if someone's, like, reaming you, yep. you have to, like, cut them off and say, sir, if there's anything else, I, if, if there's nothing else I can help you with, I have to let you go. And it was, like, I could not do that. And so I was constantly... Constantly getting called into like basically the principal's office oh, no. because they were they listen to your phone calls and yep. they record them and they and they make you listen to yourself back and then like and they tell you right and they're here. like your phone call was five minutes long or eleven minutes long and we need you to cut that back to two and and I just felt like it was just awful customer service oh. or I'd get nice people I remember like a you know a nice older lady was telling me about the Garth Brooks concert that she had just gone to with her daughter and I thought you want to have good customer service. So I was chit chatting with her and then I got in trouble for that. So I, I, I think I only worked there for like three months and I, oh. I, I actually did, I didn't put a notice in at all. I just, I think it was after being talked to again that I, like an hour later I went in there, I said, I'm going to go home and I'm not going to come back. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. And, and not to mention like most call centers, like they're in such a terrible locations and like, the place they put you in, you just feel like it was I'm a, like dying. yeah, crammed in like stacks, like floors and floors of cubicles. Oh, that yeah, just sounds awful. it was awful, <laughs> but that was yeah, that I learned my lesson. Yes. I, that's not the job for me. No, so. and that will not be your experience. No, at the no, place. no. I think I mean it's in person. It is local, um, it, so I'm gonna see a lot of the same people and be dealing mm. with the same people, and and I'll make friends and yeah build relationships and get regulars and just, yeah, just somewhere new. Yeah. So. Well, and, and I'll say like, um, 
my experience here working with like Coastal Community Bank. Like mm -hmm. we love the people that work over at Coastal and we yeah. get to see them on a regular basis. And, um, you know, I think there's just a lot of similarities there. That you're I think find. so too. Yeah. So that's very cool. Well, we are really sad that you mm -hmm. are moving on. Um, and I know the community will be sad to not have you around. Um, but we're super excited for this new opportunity. Thank you. So, all right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. So the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months? Okay, so I thought about this one because I was prepped a little bit. <laughs> um, so uh, it's going to be, uh, when I went to Hawaii uh, a couple months ago, like I, I said, I went to, um, I stayed in Waikiki and I was in Honolulu. And there was a restaurant called um, Helena's. And it started in 1946, okay. and um, it's in a strip, like a tiny little strip mall. Like maybe there's like three businesses there, and it's it's not like it's not a very nice strip mall, but um, <laughs> they have the best authentic Hawaiian food, which I'm not very familiar with. I've been to like two luau's, you know, in the past, but that is all I've had. Yeah. But um, you, I waited outside in the sun for like 50 minutes to get in because um, there was just a line. You had to get wow. a take a number, basically. Um, but it was so good. It was just um, like they had macaroni, like not macaroni and cheese, um, macaroni salad. That was like the best I've ever had. And the, they have this dish. I think it's called Lao Lao because okay. I was saying Lao Lao is Wow Wow. Um, <laughs> and it's like taro leaves that they've wrapped uh, around pork and it's just like slow cooked or I think they I think maybe I'm if I'm getting this wrong sorry but I think that typically it would be like cooked underground or okay. in some kind of special oven yeah. but I don't know if that's how they were making it but you just basically it's like a, a leaves wrapped around like the pork and it's just like almost like a pulled pork yeah it just falls apart it's so delicious and um they are known for their short ribs there okay so I just had basically like 10 things off the menu. I had about 10 plates on the, on the table surrounding me. And then I just feasted alone uh, <laughs> by myself there. Um, and then of course I had a big giant cup of like that Hawaiian punch, um, you know, the, the pink stuff yeah. um, in this big styrofoam cup. It's very, it's like a very cheap restaurant there, yeah. but just really well known. Like celebrities nice. have been there and they have their pictures on the wall, but um, that was less than a hundred dollars. And that is what I can't stop thinking about in the last few months is I want some more food from there. Yeah. So that was worth the wait and worth the, the purchase. So, nice. Yeah. Very cool. All right. <clears throat> Pretend you have a friend coming in from out of town. What would the first day look like? On Camino? It can be Camino or it can be up in Bellingham. Um, Your choice. Gosh, well, I'm going to talk about Bellingham because yeah. usually on the podcast, people talk about Camino because yeah. it's the Camino Island podcast, but Bellingham's really awesome. Um, and I think that most of the answers for the Camino are kind of in general, like pretty similar. Yeah. So um, my favorite uh, place to go in Bellingham is uh, Boulevard Park. Okay. Um, that's down kind of between like downtown Bellingham and Fairhaven. And, um, there's a Woods coffee that is pretty busy down there. Um, it's just a really nice, uh, park. A lot of people go and they'll hang hammocks up in the trees there and just, it's right on the water, okay. um, on the waterfront. And there's a really cool pier 
that um, follows the shoreline and runs south towards Fairhaven. Oh, and yes. And so you can, yeah. like, you can, I start at the parking lot at um, Boulevard Park, and then I walk the, the pier, and it's, I don't know how far it is, maybe like a half a mile right. to Fairhaven. Yeah. And then you, I just walk to Fairhaven and get something to eat or drink there and then walk back. And it's just really beautiful. And sunset's so nice down there. So that's, I'd definitely take them down there, probably get some coffee and take a walk. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely like that. And uh, I just like to drive around like um, up the Samish Overlook, which is uh, the cheating spot of the... Um, uh, Oyster Dome hike. Okay. So like... Oh, yes, if you can drive up there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's still tough to hike from that spot for me, but um, Oyster Dome is like my favorite hike and local hike in the area. And so if they're up for it, I might take them on a hike there. But the but just going up to the Samish Overlook, um, that's where the hang gliders jump yeah. off of and stuff. It's super beautiful up there too. So yeah. I just kind of... Those are probably two of my favorite spots in yeah, the area. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, we were we've taken we've been to both those spots, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I, and uh, the hang glider one. We were up there one time when they were hang gliding. Cool. And um, yeah, it was really cool to see. It's terrifying because like you're yeah you hold on to a thing, but then they're like, okay, run at the cliff and jump. Yeah, like, totally. I feel like everything in your body is telling you, don't do this, don't do this. Yeah, for sure. So, very cool. All right. Who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? So someone that is uh, one of my favorite customers here is Ken Johnson. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we. I'm so busy here. I don't get to sit down and talk with him a whole lot. Yeah. But I just adore him. And I. he's so smart. And I know that he gives like... I, was he a, a psychologist mm-hmm. or he did some kind of work and some kind of therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he just is just gives good advice, good advice. Um, he, and, uh, I just would like to know more about him yeah. and maybe now that I'm not working, so working here, I could maybe, you know, get together with him, you know, or something and, yeah. l- and actually take more time to, to know all of the things. Cause I just get bits and pieces. I know right. he was in the military. I, you know, I know he, uh, has done some counseling for people and, and he's here like every day and yeah. he's just, he's got a great sense of humor. Um, and I think he's lived here for a while and I think he has like, some interesting stories to tell. So yeah. I would like to know more about him. Yeah. If you can c- get him on here. I don't right. know. <laughs> yes. All right. And lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20 year old self? Um, I would say just be braver, um, and more confident in myself. Um, I think I relied a lot on other people to kind of, I guess, make me happy or, um, give me confidence. And I think that I would have take, taken the time to develop my own self, um, and maybe not tried to be an adult so quick, you know, and just, um, take more chances and, um, I don't know, get out of my comfort zone more. Yeah. I've really been trying now in my forties to just, um, to, you know, we talked about travel is just to, to, I like to solo travel and take big trips and do things that scare me because it really makes me feel like <clears throat> empowered and brave and confident. And yeah. I think that getting that from like myself and my own like adventures, um, is a, a lot more rewarding than trying to rely on other people to, to make me feel a certain way or, yeah. you know, so yeah, just to be, just to be brave and, 
Um, and it's okay to be, you know, on your own. Yeah. So, yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Jen Sloan for joining me on the podcast. And thank you for 10 years of uh, great espresso. And um, we wish you all the best uh, in your future endeavors. So I wanted to say a good farewell to Jen. And thank you for joining me on the podcast today. To find out more about this episode, you can go to tomatocom.com slash podcast. That's tomatocom.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.